0: Aloha folks, you are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 141. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest rum producer and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades. Check out their webpage at TandawaiUSA.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at Tandawai USA. This podcast is also sponsored by the Tonga Hut. With locations in both North Hollywood and Palm Springs, California, the Tonga Hut serves classic tiki cocktails in a classic tiki setting. Dine in a secret tiki hideaway or learn about rum and rum history at one of their educational seminars. And if you're up to the challenge, take the journey to join the loyal order of drooling bastards. For information on events, Rum Rum Club and more, go to TongaHut.com or find them on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly T-Shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3-, 6-, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit TikiBarT-ShirtClub.com. On this episode, we chat with the boys from Ixtahuele. Ixtahuele is a premier exotica band from Sweden, comprised of musicians that are formally trained instrumentalists in classical and jazz music genres. Today, we chat with members Matthias, Johan, Victor, and Henrik about their musical backgrounds, what it's like to perform exotica music in Sweden, and learn about their latest project, the Dharmaland Sessions, with special guest Brian Chidester, co-director of the upcoming documentary, As the Wind, a biography of Exotica performer Eden Abi. As always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. And if you did, hit that subscribe button. Subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures shares on your social media pages are always appreciated and if you'd like to help support the show go to desertoasisroom.com to pick up some merch or make a donation this podcast does not survive without the help of its sponsors or its listeners so every purchase or donation no matter the size is always appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week okay I think you're gonna like this one recorded from the home of Sven Kirsten. Here they are, Matthias, Johan, Victor, and Henrik, along with Brian Chidester. Give it up for Ixtahuele. Inside the
1: desert
2: I'm Henrik.
3: My name is Victor. I'm Johan. I am Matthias. And, and we, we are, are Xtawelle. And you are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room.
0: Aloha, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room. We are at Sven Kirsten's Castle. Do we have a name for this? Tiki Island. Tiki Island, he says. So, Island. Tiki Island here in Silver Lake, California. And we are joined by the one and only Ixtahuele. Is that how I say that? Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's okay, perfect. <laughs> the one and only Ixtahuele from Sweden. And I would like to welcome uh, the members of Ixtawele here. We have Victor and Johan and Matthias and Henrik. So welcome, guys. Welcome to Silver Lake. Thank (laughs) you you so much. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Thank you for being on the podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the show. I'm a big fan of your music. Been a fan for many, many years. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I think it's been a while since you've been to the U.S., Right, that was two two years ago. has it been two years? yeah, yeah two years. I yeah. thought it was longer than that. i I right. guess I, I missed you the two years ago, the last time you were here mm-hmm. so uh so it's nice to see you so uh, nice to see you too. Oh, thank you. thank <laughs> you. So let's start by familiarizing our audience about your music and about the musical style that you perform mm-hmm. For our listeners that are unaware of Ixtahuele, they are an exotica band that plays ex- basically exotica music from Sweden which is a little bit unusual to me mm-hmm. is that a common thing in Sweden? No, <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> I think we're about the only band that plays exotica in There
4: used to be uh, another band called Bo Axel Sons and his exotic sounds but that was many years ago um, How long ago uh, was right. that? I think they released their 10 inch album in 95, but it was on only one album.
0: Oh, 95? That was quite a while ago. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel like that one ago, but it was. Yeah.
4: Beginning of the revival.
0: Right, right. Something. Okay. Yeah. So the revival even started there in Sweden. It, it made its way to Sweden, the Exotica Music Revival.
3: F- Matthias, do you know when Tiki Room was opened? Sure, late 90s, I think. Late 90s, and that is the only tiki bar in Sweden. That is Tiki Room in Stockholm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Is it similar to tiki here in the United States? Um, is yeah.
1: It? It, it adapted the same cocktail menu. Oh, they know, did? Like, okay. Yeah, like okay. the classic tiki drinks. Okay. And actually, our, our record label, Subliminal Sounds, the, the CEO, Stefan, was part of opening opening that Tiki bar. Oh, really? Okay. So he was kind of part of, like you said, the revival of Tiki, but in Sweden, in a very mm-hmm. small scale compared yeah, to the I USA. Think
4: he, yeah. he actually like ordered the material for this Tiki bar in Stockholm from um, the Oceanic Arts.
0: From, so it did come from Oceanic Arts also. Yeah.
4: Men of the course and then they had some like Swedish carvers mm-hmm. that were did some, like, this Scandinavian touch on the tiki. Right, or right, like so
0: right. Okay. Let's start with how all of this got started for you guys. I want to talk about your musical backgrounds first because I think that Exotica music, as I mentioned, in Sweden, is it seems unusual. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious how you found your way into doing that musical style. Why don't we go around the table and talk about each of your backgrounds and tell us what kind of music you were playing and how you found your way to Exotica. Why don't we start uh, with Victor?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, Well, actually, the one and only person to ask this question to is Matthias because he is the one who introduced this music to each one of us. To all of you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, And it simply began with uh, Luau, and uh, Matildas was DJing and mixing the cocktails. And uh, we were all there and just said, Wow, what is this all about? We have to do something more about it. And we've been playing together for many years. So, what were you playing before you were playing Exotica music? Right. So, we have all different backgrounds, musical backgrounds. Uh, and I am an orchestral percussionist. So oh, I've interesting. Been classical trained. Yeah. Okay.
0: Did you go to music school?
3: Yeah, music school. So you
0: studied specifically orchestral music?
3: Yeah, exactly. So I've been in touch with a lot of the music, uh, for example, like the uh, impressionism, is that is that yeah. the same yeah. word in, in English? Yeah. Impressionism, like Ravel Bollier Debussy, which has been, I think, a very big uh, influence and inspiration to Les Baxter and, and his like orchestral arrangement so that and that's like music that i found really that really speaks to me okay so yeah so th- that is what i enjoy about it to see the connections to the the classical music
0: is classical music something that is widely listened to in sweden um i think it's uh,
3: music that speaks to people who are interested in culture, in the arts, and into okay. music. Not, not like for mainstream listeners. I don't think classical right. is something.
1: But we still have a lot of funding for classical music. Yeah, We have like a a opera a houses and concert halls that are funded.
0: By so it's still government. a very popular style of music to listen to there. Because yeah. the first thing I think of when I look at you guys, you're all very young. Mm-hmm. So Thank classical <laughs> music is not something that I would think of that as far as the kind of music that young people listen to. So right. I, I find that also unusual. Right.
1: Right. I, I think the first CD I bought was like the best of classical music. And oh, was really? Like nine years old or something. It
5: okay. Three-pack CDs.
4: So is it
5: like the best of classical music in the stores and ABBA? Is that it? <laughs> Is that yeah, it? that's okay. the, that's the only, that's
1: that's the only shit we have in Sweden. You know, <laughs> best of classical and ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: so Johan, are you also a classical music trained uh, no uh, musician? Uh, no. Uh,
1: well, partially I am, but but mostly I'm a jazz drummer. Jazz drummer. Yeah. The, okay. Me and Victor, we, we knew each other since we were eleven. Okay. We, we started playing uh, in a youth drum corps uh, together. Was it like, el- yeah, when yeah. we were 11. And um, um, we had like the same background, but uh, at one point you had to choose between like the classical percussionist, uh, percussion like marimbas and, and the drum kit. And I, I, I chose the drum kit and he chose the marimba and the classical instruments. Uh, so I, I studied jazz for uh, s- many years.
0: Were you also in musical school with yeah. Victor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: We, we We went to high school musical high school together, okay, uh, and then uh, at the academy where we were there uh, at about the same time, yeah yeah, but not the same programs. I was in uh, improvisation, okay yes, uh, and he was in classical How does Matthias
0: enter the picture?
1: Well, he actually also started uh, in this uh, youth drum corps, but he was a bit older. he was like fifteen, I think. W-
4: yeah, when I entered, yeah, yeah we, at age. Age. yeah, we were at the yeah, same age. Yeah, yeah,
1: we we're, were the same age, and he he, he had long hair back <laughs> then, like metal. A metal, metal. Hair. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. He, he wa- we, we went um, on a lot of tours with that uh, with that uh, drum corps, and after a few years, Matthias cut his hair to this. <laughs> and uh, that was like when he was sixteen, I think, and he has kept the same since
4: my gods was, were like cannibal corpse and and morbid angel at the time but oh yeah <laughs> then i was going i grew up with elvis and and beach boys and like uh, for my father some jazz music like glenn miller so but i i um during high school i cut off my hair
1: transition
4: the transition. The yeah, transition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went back to Elvis and that stuff and Johnny Burnett. And,
0: yeah. Were you feeling like you just wanted to do something different? Were you looking for a change? Um, I don't know. Were they, you being rebellious? No, the thing was,
4: <laughs> I, I, I um, there's a Swedish band called The Coffin Shakers, which plays um, um, more like counter music, but... More vampire-themed counter music. It's it's. It, I mean, it's a small thing, but it's right. it's close to. I, I discovered Psycho psychobilly music, and I had a thing for rockabilly music way before. And and so um, I am um, somehow I don't like the b- rockabilly thing, and I still do. And I I did that when I was young, and 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 I also the last few years on the way to work I always listen to death metal because it's uh, like Cannibal Corpse is one of my um, one of the bands I um, really you know um, say one of my favorites yeah, yeah. Mm. really and I, I there are As I got older I I realized Their music is You know The rhythms There's really Hard to Track any harmonies In that music Because it's Unmelodic But it's Like the rhythms Is so lively And it's um, It's Just beautiful
0: So everybody (laughs) Should go home And listen listen. to Cannibal Corpse (laughs) Now what, about, That's what, about, what we're saying? <laughs> what about Henrik here? Let's let's bring Henrik into
2: the yeah, picture. Yeah. Well, um, I guess my main uh, main thing in music has always been jazz. I uh, okay discovered jazz quite early, and it really spoke to me, like the improvisation. And do I, you have a favorite performer? Or is there was there an influence? Oh, there's so many. Uh, there's this uh, Swedish uh, piano player called uh, John Johansson, or I guess in English John Johansson, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Johansson, <laughs> <laughs> which he died quite young. I I don't know how old he was, but like he thirty-five, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or something. He um, he actually recorded. Oh, yeah, uh, so he I did do a do. really great recording of Nature Boy. I guess we'll. We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Nature Boy and Eden Abbas. Yeah. Um, so that's... He's a big inspiration for me. But also, like, all the old players. Like, uh, Herbie Hancock, maybe. He's still alive, so... <laughs> so right, right. Not, but
0: not as old as, as uh, some of the no. other really...
2: But then I also classical played... Classical jazz players. No, like... Uh, your cheering and Bill Evans, okay, those kind of guys. Okay,
0: so I'm seeing from what you're all saying, classical music and jazz music. That is a bit of a natural path to exotica music.
2: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, the harmony and the melodies, they like, is all over the place, both in jazz and me- and classical and in exotica. It feels like it's. A mixture, mixture of all okay. those yeah. stuff. So,
0: who writes the music for you guys because... It's mainly Matthias. Matthias. So, is Exotica music written the same way other forms of music are written? Is there a structure or is it different?
4: I, I think it's uh, different from... Um, I write a... Um, like within a few different genres but um, when it comes to Exotica you don't have that build up the same way like intro like a verse and the bridge and the chorus you know that stuff it's it's um, I mean sometimes it is but it's um, it's um, writing the songs and sometimes just a lead sheet and sometimes there's need Writing, writing arrangement of the, um, this the song, the whole song through, uh, which would be more of the like classical approach. Yeah, I I, think.
2: I, I can really uh, feel like in your some of your arrangements, Matthias, there's a lot of like impres- impressionistic ways of writing, like setting a mood, and let the mm-hmm. melodies evolve through the piece more, more than having like separate. Arts.
4: yeah and I, I i think regarding the like exotica music that i write i i wouldn't put any um later influences like my main influences um, for writing exotica material would be the pre-60s and mm-hmm. like the impressionist is impressionist That's a hard word. Uh, yeah, it's a hard word. I,
0: what do you say? for Im- Impre- Impressionist, right? Impressionist, yeah, impressionist right.
4: classical music,
0: and... Our audience the- will forgive that your first language is not English. No. <laughs> yeah. He'll forgive so. us. <laughs> I mean,
5: you still speak better than most of the audience. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, right.
4: Thanks. Thanks, Boris. But it's... Uh, um, I mean, and then... Because... That... Uh, language like that language of of harmonies comes from the classical music that became into jazz music so like the the progressions and um and and the chord progressions and the um um like the melodies is something it comes from earlier, and mm-hmm.
2: um, I. Um, oh. it's, it's, uh, sorry if I interrupt. No, it's okay. It's okay. It was okay. an Go interesting ahead. connection with impressionistic music because composers like Debussy, he was also very inspired by cultures in like Indonesia, yeah, like and yeah. And right? Yeah, Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it goes like full circle from there to. So that yeah. that
0: relates. Thank you for that, Henrik, because like, Sarah, on your on your website. Yeah. Your you describe your music that is heavily influenced by indigenous melodies from different regions, including the Amazon, Micronesia, Middle East, Caribbean, Indochina. Yeah. So okay, so I think that's what you're probably trying to to express.
4: Yeah, yeah and I mean, like, and 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 when we started, um, we like the the main thing i i think was to like can speak for the whole band but it's 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 like my in Im- my input on on extravele was that like recreating the sounds of the 50s and 60s exotica yeah scene yeah. and that was the main um inspiration yeah. for me and the inspiration f- from this you. C- you can you can tell when you're listening to to the classical works of Debussy and Ravel, and and also later on, like Cyril Scott, like Lotus Land has been covered yeah. by Gene Rains and Martin Denny and all that stuff, and it's 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 pure impressionism, yeah, um, yeah, and 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 many things with like the the jazz progressions in 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 the harmonies, uh, yeah combined with the Latin American uh, percussion and the vibraphone in there somewhere also. Yeah, I mean... Have to have that. This, yeah. yeah.
2: And all the percussion, as you just said. I mean, that's the main sound, I think, for, for the group. Like, the percussion combined with vibraphone, it's like, it sets the mood. What would you guys consider the first Exotica
4: song? That we that did? Or
2: no, <laughs> no, that ever... That's
4: a hard one. I know. That's a really hard one. Uh, but
2: you have to answer, Matthias. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah,
5: you, no pressure. You could, you could a right or wrong here. Yeah, there's it's no the, wrong the, answers. The wrong, the I'll decide. First. Well, actually, there's plenty of wrong answers. But I mean, for me,
3: I would I would probably say like uh,
4: Turkish symbols or something. Oh, right? no. But, oh, do you, you say guys.
3: instruments or songs?
5: I just song. I mean, it, it could be whatever. You know, peace.
3: Uh, for me, I hear a lot of exotica in *Rite of Spring* okay. by Stravinsky.
5: Because I'm going with like, well, okay, you guys are going deep.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, going deeper. <laughs> like I could say quiet, *Quiet Village* would be the easy answer, maybe, well, I was but say
5: like, yeah, like Duke Ellington's *Caravan*, probably. Right. Oh yeah, it's an early one. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. definitely.
0: Well, see, mm. they're educated in classical music, so they they're going to hear exotica. Where we don't.
4: Right. But like score <laughs> or something. Yeah. Arabesque best Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's, definitely. That's another one. Which one? Malaguena. Lecavona. Oh, uh, yeah. That's another one.
5: There you go. Pre-Caravan.
0: Pre-Caravan. Malaguena. So, let's talk about performing Exotica music in Sweden. You guys are the only Exotica band there? Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. What kind of audience appreciates exotica music in Sweden. Here in the United States, it's mostly a tiki-centric kind of audience. Is it the same there?
3: The type of gigs that we do in Sweden are mainly uh, background music, mingle gigs. Uh, We have done uh, concerts with a sitting, listening audience as well. Uh, But it has been a lot with just people uh just setting the mood for right, a right. wedding or okay. s- something like that here we have a much more uh a- an audience that is much more uh focused so it's
0: it's less underground here than it is there it's more underground there would you say that would you call it underground we we would probably go under another
3: we would yeah exactly we would we would we would fall under another category because because the tiki scene is non-existent and we don't
0: have a lot of exotica bands here either you know there's only a few but
1: i think the question who appreciates it it's a bit more wider because we have one element that is very common with a lot with a lot of other kinds of music you know the rhythm the groove mm-hmm. the 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 thing that that people understand um, the percussion uh, people the, the thing that make people's move people move and right, and, right. and we can play for many kinds of audience I feel yeah. for instance we, ha- we 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 played at a, a nostalgia nostalgia festival uh, a month ago and there was a lot of you know
2: Cars from the 60s. <laughs> Cars exactly. from the 60s. Like and they, the they,
1: they listen to rock and roll, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so is the there... And, 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 we, and we had this show for them. It was not so many people, but they understand it. Even though yeah, it's yeah. new to them, it's kind of yeah. weird what we're doing. It's the same time period. Yeah. yeah. So, they, so They understand the groove, they understand the rhythm. And we had some people... Uh, there was one guy standing in front of us the whole time and i was wondering is gonna is he gonna punch us or i ask for like the boss <laughs> uh, but a- afterwards he was like this was amazing this was the best musical experience of my life and that's because we we play something that people even though they don't know exotica or right. has any knowledge
0: of uh, the history of it they they understand the groove. They understand yeah, yeah. the meaning of it. So there's a little bit of crossover with the vintage culture crowd there. Yeah. Like, like here. Yeah. We, yeah. 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 There's a lot of crossover with rockabilly and tiki and surf. It's yeah. all mid-century. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So w- it's great to see you here in the United States. I want to tell our audience about what brings you here. So let's talk about that. Who wants to start with, or out of the four of you, who wants to tell us about why you're here in the U.S.? Uh, well, Jan? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> we're here because we're recording the sequel to Eden's Island by Eden Abbey or Eden Abis, depending on how, how, who you ask how to pronounce it. Uh, and we we got the question from from brian through our record label subliminal sounds and brian found uh, uh, a lot of sheet music written by Eden abi
0: so brian is here is he around here is inside the house he's He's
1: sitting over there listening and let's (laughs)
0: let's bring brian onto the show here because i want to i want to have brian tell us his story about is that okay Brian can we can we interview you for a little bit that's fine awesome thanks for joining the show appreciate it so much you're welcome let's introduce Brian and I hope I say your last name correctly Brian Chidester that's right All right. so welcome to the show thank you Brian found some long lost Eden Abbey and Brian corrected us right earlier he said it's Abbey right Abbey yeah Abbey not Abbez Uh, and um he found some music that was registered with the Library of Congress. Can you tell us how you found that? I I don't know how how much detail you want, and you can
7: tell me how much too, is, too much is, but when I was 18, I got into Obby through the CD reissue of Eden's Island in 1995, and I was looking for anything else that he did besides Eden's Island and Nature Boy, and so I did quite a lot of research for about... 14, 15 years. And then I decided I'd sort of met everybody who knew him. And I found all the records that I could find that were released by him or other artists. And I went to the library of Congress to go through all their microfilm and old records, phone books, um, census records to try to fill in the gaps of what I hadn't figured out yet about Abby's story. And, uh, I went, I think, 47 times to the Library of Congress in two years. and the wow. La- <laughs> the last, wow. The last wow. time I went, I saw that there was a copyright record, um, but I didn't, it didn't say what was in it. So I tried okay. to order the copyright record, and I had to jump through quite a lot of hoops for four years. And then in 2013, they finally called me up and said, we pulled the record from our archive in Kentucky. It's here in Washington, D.C. Come down. You have three weeks to view it. And I didn't know what was there, but I went down, and they put me in a private room, turned an overhead light on, put some white gloves in front of me, and wow. popped the box down. And when I wow. opened it up, there was over 300 lead sheets in there of songs oh my that be wrote but never recorded.
0: So, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. How did you feel about that when you saw that for the first time?
7: It was like um, I died and went to heaven. Yeah. As somebody who had been tracing the story f- since I was very young and had gone through a lot of ups and downs and actually met a lot of people that knew him and they became my friends, um, this was sort of like finding the whole Holy Grail. Yeah,
5: yeah. Could you read the music and know what it sounded like by looking at the notes or...
7: Yeah, I read music and I play recreationally, but I, I don't play like these guys. I could demo the songs over the years and I have a flute teacher and she's... More dexterous than that. But I am. mean,
5: when you were reading it with your white gloves on in the Library of Congress, were you like, "This is going to sound amazing"?
7: Yeah, I could hum it, oh, and I could also great. see at a glance that certain tracks uh, overlapped with other tracks, so I could I could understand wow. that, especially the stuff from 1961 to 1963 had a cohesive quality. So I knew that there was a follow up to Eden's Island there.
0: So I did some research on on Eden Abbey, and. He's a very interesting person. So, looking at like the the, how his music changed over the years. In his younger years, he played a different style of music. He was playing jazz. I don't know how accurate some of this is, but um, it looks like when he arrived in L.A., he was working at at a health food store with you know with uh, uh, it was like raw foods and that kind of thing, and it changed him into being more of that free kind of that that free thinker that he became kind of hippie like after he came to LA
7: yeah I would say that that's an uh, in- inaccuracy
0: that's inaccurate yeah
7: okay. he was um, born and raised in Brownsville in Brooklyn he was a right. Jewish kid right he was orphaned at the age of nine he spent time in an in, in orphan asylum in Crown Heights also in Brooklyn he learned some Hebrew melodies he was adopted. And grew up in the Midwest, and after the Great Depression, he s- sort of started becoming a wanderer, itinerant musician. He, he had some okay. knowledge of songwriting, and also he was uh, the orchestrator of his high school band. So he made his way throughout the Midwest trying to write songs and you know make music and make some money. But he didn't have any success, so he kept wandering further and further so that he could find um, warmer climates. Um, and he ended up in Miami, around 1943 he changed his name officially from George McGrew to Eden Abbez or Eden Abbey and, um, and then he migrated to California about 1946 and that's when he really starts
0: publishing Nature Boy the Nature Boy
7: Suite Nature Boy, and some right. other songs um,
0: popularized by Nat King Cole Nat King Cole right and it looks like it was in the late 50's when he started meddling with Exotica style music is that correct? Or is that also an inaccuracy?
7: Yeah, I would say, you know, already by the time of Nature Boy, and especially songs like The Shepherd from 1949, and Land of Love also for 49, and End of Desire from 1950, you start hearing vibraphones, you start hearing handmade drums, and actually critics from Billboard start calling his music Exotica a year or two before Les Baxter. You start hearing those kind of haunting, ethereal, Neptune's Kingdom-inspired vocals on on tracks in the 40s. So I think he was sort of proto-Exotica in a way, but I think he got more serious about um, instrumental music from about 1956 with Bob Romeo's Aphrodisia album, which Eden wrote three songs on, and then on up to Eden's Island. That's kind of when he becomes another exotica auteur next to baxter and denny and lyman
0: now Mm -hmm. there's supposedly a number of master tapes photos and other things with a person by the name of joe romersa that's right is that related to the music that you found
7: So Joe worked with Eden for the last eight years of Eden's life from 1987 to 1995. So the work that they did um, included a lot of new songs, and it also included a lot of melodies that he'd recycled over a 50-year period. But uh, the work that I found in the Library of Congress and introduced to Ixtehule and that they recorded over the last nine days was much earlier. It was actually a body of work from 1961 to 63 that would have been the follow-up okay. to Eden's Island. Okay. But what happened with Eden's Island was it only sold 100 copies, so the label just right. did, didn't give him another chance. Yeah. And then his wife contracted bone cancer. Right. So there was no real opportunity for him to record the Dharma Land Suite. Fast forward to 1995 and so on, and now Eden's Island has gone through nine pressings, and it's considered a, a major part of Tiki history. Yeah, And so now the... Abby is relevant, his music is relevant, and there's an audience that's hungry for more. So now is the time to introduce what would have been the follow-up to Eden's Island. And also, I think it took uh, musicians as talented as Ixta to bring this to life, um, because it really was just chicken scratch. It was ideas that this man, who was in a bad situation in his life, wrote down, protected, sent to the Library of Congress, but... You know, I think he planted those seeds and waited for somebody else to appear in life to dig it out and bring it to life. You know, it just it just wasn't one of those times in his life where he had the opportunity to do so.
0: I'm curious what the band thought about the first time they started to perform some of this music.
2: Actually, we haven't performed it yet. <laughs> we, oh no! No, we're just we have been in the the studio for the last nine days. And oh,
0: and that's, that's what I mean. I mean, the yeah. first time you started playing the oh. music, it, you had to have an opinion about it or a feeling.
2: Yeah, the first thing that that like oh. that I thought of that like there's not much. There's the melodies. Yeah, there there are not a lot of, lot of harmonies written down. There are no like. Suggestions of tempos, grooves, so we had to like you know, sit down and think about what, like, what, how, how would he do this? Yeah, so you had and to
0: it, fill in some gaps,
2: huh? Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a really cool experience. It's like here's an idea from a person who is yeah dead, and it felt like almost having a conversation with that person by like.
0: That's that's an awesome description. Yeah. That's a great description. Like you're having, and then you have to get into his head. Yeah. Figure out what he was thinking.
2: Creatively, yeah, and you the try music that's with the melodies, and like, oh, this might work, and then the melodies, like, speak to you, and but now there's this part coming, and so it's like back and forth.
0: So Brian said that there was over three hundred pieces of music there. How did you choose which ones? you decided to start working Brian (laughs) shows
4: but he shows he he shows shows very good tunes
0: Um, do you have a favorite of the ones that you're playing is there something that connected with you guys
4: the thing is like when we've been in the studio and taking each song at a time um they're all becoming favorites, like, yeah. We would we've been like humming those songs every night when we come home, yeah, yeah, and uh, like when recover when we recover for the next day, but you know, the night before, after the studio session, the Dharma land sessions, we've been humming those. Oh, I love that! I love night. that, yeah. and and like. Okay, let's get this tune out of our head. We must be prepared for tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like and those melodies are still, you know, stuck in our head. It, it feels the melodies and the songs are so much closer. Um, I,
0: and I love it that here. it's that it's you guys that are playing this music. Because, so do we? <laughs> because yeah. it's got to be a, a huge honor, right?
2: It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. But we're not all, only playing his music; we're playing it on some of his own instruments that he owned. Yeah, yeah. and made. Oh, wow. Handmade instruments. Wow. Handmade drums. Handmade flute. Uh, yeah,
4: some handmade, no, not handmade bells, but it was obvious yeah. bells. And the cowbell <laughs> that uh, and and yeah. he owned. <laughs> yeah, he even had
0: a cowbell. So this is a guy that you know lived and died in relative obscurity and now he's he's become a, a bit of a legend in the legacies left behind especially with this music that Brian has found what do you think he would think today about what you guys are doing we we know because we had some of his
1: uh, musicians guesting guest okay. artists at, at the record and we had mort wise who is is like 88 Eighty-six, yeah, clarinet. He played with uh, Abhi in in the sixties. Wow! And we hadn't had had, had, him, had him over to record some songs. And when we listened to it, through it, the last time he, the last thing he said was like, "Eden would
0: have loved this." That's awesome. Yeah. That's and
1: we awesome. also worked with uh, Joe uh, that you yeah. mentioned. He w- yeah, he was engineering yeah. and and joining on. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was. Oh, interesting. So he, and, and he if has I, taken
2: I, care of Edith's drums for the yeah, years. Yeah,
1: for sure. And if I want to go back to the question, what's your favorite song? Or yeah, yeah. Tell us. And we, I don't have a favorite song, but but one moment, the last song we recorded was it's a song called "Fire of the Soul," and Joe uh, sang it. Uh, and that was uh, a great moment because yeah, yo it
2: felt like, it, I mean, it is Eden's words. Eden's words, and it, it's sung by a person who knew him, worked with him. Wow, so yeah. it's felt it was
1: very emotional. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's that. That just hearing the story gives me goosebumps. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. It's it's amazing. It's and amazing. It really was. And, uh, and it,
2: it has been a lot of those moments in the studio. Like, yeah, it has. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Wow. People coming in and that just, knew him, played with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Feels really deep. Yeah. It connects Eden to the present.
0: Yeah, wow. Mm. Wow. I'm jealous that I'm not in a position like that to bring back the legacy of somebody. You're, ba- you're bringing this music back to life you yeah, know it's yeah. and thankfully to Brian Brian was able to resurrect the, these these masterpieces that no one would have ever heard otherwise it would have just drifted away to history you yeah. know yeah and what a shame that we'd, we'd never get to hear it thank God that Brian was able to bring these to that to you guys yeah mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and where, now we're we're gonna all get
4: to enjoy that to do yeah. it we're honored and we're so um
2: happy (laughs) happy. we're so happy what is that word happy yeah wow
4: wow um, i mean we're so impressed of uh, what brian have done with this yeah uh, digging out all those lead sheets that's amazing
1: and it's amazing to to really go through the songs yeah. Meanwhile, is, we learn about Eden and try to understand what made him write these songs.
2: Yeah, the, where did this melody and the, the lyrics come from. Yeah, it has changed through the session. I think also yeah. our, like how we view the music. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Quite yeah. dark songs. Okay. And I don't know if that has to do with. Like Brian said, his his wife and his child. He, he died had a, a tragic,
0: a couple of tragic things happened to him. He lost yeah, his wife yeah. and he lost his son. His but son yeah. died at a young age, also. So there's so. a
2: sadness into it in in the music, but it's it's not. It's also part of life. Yeah, yeah. You can feel so that. It's that not weird. tragic. No, it's not depression. tragic. It's, it's like, like this. It happens. Yeah. What, sorry. It's very honest. In yeah, music. it's honest uh-huh. and it's like. All things are are part of life. Mm -hmm. I think you can feel that in the music. Wow,
0: wow. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know how else to end this conversation other than... I mean, I'm speechless. Thank you, Brian, for bringing this back to the world. Thank you, Ixtahuele, for performing it in such a way that we can all enjoy it. And I assume and I assure... Our audience that you are bringing it the justice it deserves and the respect that it deserves and thank you for sacrificing some of your time here in the united states exactly. I, I know that you only have a few days left before you go home yeah. so thanks for for spending some of that time with us on the podcast of course but we're of we're course.
4: very happy adrian to be on the this room yeah i mean thank you appreciate yeah. it so thanks much for having
0: us. and thank you sven kirsten where's sven is he inside so let's publicly thank Sven for hosting this get-together here at his... What does he call his home? Tiki Island?
5: Tiki Island, Tiki Island above T- the Silver Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Tiki Island above the Silver Lake. <laughs> Tiki
0: Island above the Silver Lake. <laughs> the Silver Lake. Yeah. And for all of our listeners that would like to hear more of your music, how about we throw out the website and the social media and all that so that everybody can find you?
1: Cool. It's all dot com. Facebook slash IxtoEle.com. You can find us on Spotify, yeah. iTunes, and YouTube, Instagram. Instagram. Now these days, yeah. we'll
4: try to <laughs> up post as much as possible. Yeah. If yes. you
1: learn to spell the name, you'll find us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Should we spell it for our <laughs> <laughs> listeners? Yeah. It's I-X-T-A-H-U-E-L-E. I- H- L- e. <laughs> there you go. a Line
5: through it. Sorry? Isn't there like a symbol with a line through yeah, it? Yeah, the, the first I, I has uh,
1: uh, yeah. a backwards oh, yeah. accent. Yeah. accent. Yeah. I
4: don't know how to pronounce that. It just looks cool. <laughs> our name? Ixta. Ixtawele. Ixtawele. Ixtawele.
0: As long as they spell it right, they'll yeah. find you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and for our listeners that have any questions, comments, or just want to leave a shout-out for our friends here at Stop by our group page on Facebook, Inside the Desert Oasis Room. You can follow us on Instagram at Polynesian Pop. And you can find previous episodes at our website, desertoasisroom.com. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Aloha. Aloha.
6: Aloha. Aloha. <laughs>